Is the season. That's right, broadcasting from our new home base in New York City, the city that never sleeps. It's season two of Will and Ava's Christmas Movie Marathon, your source for criticism and analysis of the pantheon of low-budget, high-concept Christmas B-movies. Last year was a fun-filled romp breezing through wacky Xmas flicks about dating store window mannequins or mall Santas and exploring the careers of Christmas film auteurs like former right-wing judge-turned-filmmaker multi-hyphenate Kenneth Del Vecchio or Shenandoah University director-in-residence Blaine Weaver. This year, listener, we promise to continue our quest to plunge even deeper yet into the depths of the strangest corners of the holiday season's cinematic output. I'm Will Bricka, co-host and co-producer Ava Sophia Brown. How does it feel to be back? It more or less feels pretty good i mean you know we're getting in the christmas spirit naturally the biggest issue of doing a podcast again is that i keep hitting my mouth with the microphone you're still getting used you're still getting back into the routine of having a microphone held up to your face for an hour yeah, or so yeah and with someone like me i'm naturally clumsy so i've already split my lips you're so. kind of like goofy from the goofy cartoons yeah in some ways mm-hmm. always goofing up making mistakes yeah. So we, we've been getting in the holiday spirit all day today. We watched uh, one of our films this morning, and then we, we trimmed our tree with some tinsel. Yeah, we're doing a kind of retro Christmas vibe, very simple tree. You know, I don't really like the bells of lip and whistles of the capitalistic Christmas tree. Show. <laughs> Keep say, say Show, it. Tell uh, it to him. Talk to him. Yeah, you know, putting up all your 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 interests, your likes, putting up a ornament shaped like a French fry. Yeah, come on. It's ridiculous. I don't need an I isn't don't need an ornament holiday, of my favorite movie. Isn't this a holiday about the birth of Christ and or about Santa Claus? I think uh, yeah. One or both, depending. <laughs> um yeah, so we we got in the Christmas spirit. We're feeling good. We're and we're ready to dive into to two holiday films. Yeah. Perhaps more similar than you'd think on paper. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, but Ava, just to refresh, uh, mm-hmm. what what is the goal? What are how are we ranking these films? I guess. Uh, you know, maybe this is the first time some folks are listening to this. Yeah. Just a brief, you know, not no longer than a few minutes. What what do we do with these movies? How what's our ranking system? How do we break these things down? It's funny because I like immediately forgot. Um, I believe we were on a snowball system. Yes, we're on a snowball rating scale yeah, out a, of five. Yeah, it's a snowball-based rating scale. Um, we are ranking them in terms of... God, I can't even remember. What the, how the hell are we ranking these? Um, we, 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 we want to see if they're good Christmas movies. Yes. I think we just r- rate them out of snowballs. I felt like there's two axes, but we're, we're two axes, axes, like an X axis and a Y axis and the w- axis in the way that we're ranking them. Um, Cause I feel like we gave them two separate snowball <laughs> ratings and then we averaged them out to get a final snowball count. Uh, we might have done that. <laughs> um, here's, or hey, maybe I just imagined that. Here's in, the deal. Here's what yeah. I'll say to that. I might have um, just imagined that, that in, might in my be, slumber that one m- night. That might be imagined. Uh, however, um, we'll listen back through an episode, and uh, maybe the second episode of season two will have a bit of a different uh, <laughs> rating system than this first one. But I think for uh, from what I recall, for all intents and purposes, it was just one out of five snowball that we, ranking. That we both gave, 
ranking these movies that you know we're not going into these movies trying to hate them no we're going into these movies trying to love them actually and in fact that's actually important context as well this is not a show where we're just like oh let's watch some shitty christmas movies that i mean essentially that's what we're doing yes yeah but it's not like about like oh this movie isn't good so it's a bad movie it's like no you can have a movie that isn't good that's a great movie exactly exactly like um i i brought him up in in my little spiel at the beginning but um, Karate Christmas Miracle oh, yeah. and Santa Girl for that matter, matter are, are two movies, movies that are that we liked. movies that we would both consider good mm-hmm. high concept low budget Christmas B movies yeah whereas we saw some movies that were just so horribly evil yes. low effort bullshit yeah. and, and like, that's um, Three wh- Bears Christmas was yeah. a bullshit movie spoiler alert it was crap Yes, exactly. And that and that's the stuff that we'll more lean into, which is stuff that mm-hmm. and I think part of the reason we did this is because the holiday season inspires people to just push out a movie. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can make something really cool and wacky and sometimes that can just be the lowest effort thing. Yeah, uncreative, exactly. uninteresting. Cuz we're not in the business of of shitting on movies that are low budget. Cuz we certainly make low budget movies. That's right. Yeah. We both we since graduated film school, we're now out in the world as, you know, budding filmmakers. Nothing we have made or are going to make anytime soon is going to be at the level of say, you know, Apple TV Plus's Christmas movie this year. We're not year. making love actually. No, exactly. And we're not watching movies that are that are love actually. We're watching movies like Credit Christmas Miracle. Exactly. Um there are like a few on our growing watch list that are like maybe Netflix grade, but they have to be like really weird. Yes. A really weird concept for us to consider it. Yes. This is the stuff and, and uh, that that is like not getting a lot of money pushed towards it. Yeah, not getting a lot of money pushed push towards it. We're looking for things with tiny crews, things that had to make the best out of their budget, or yeah. things that really failed at making the best out of their budget in a way that's truly hilarious. Um, also, I think it's important to note that we're not out here just to critique a like religious Christmas film. Yes, because it's religious. That's not. Who cares? Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's like it's like it's like if it's a good movie, if it's a fun movie, then it's a fun movie. Um, but if it's evil. Yes. If it's truly evil, because some films are evil, and if it is a truly evil film, we will say, you know, this was an evil film made yes, by an evil yeah. person. No, exactly. Um. Anyhow, should... anyhow, I think that's enough context. Yeah, I think that's enough context. Sorry, but I can't remember how we rated our film. Hey, it's okay. I I threw it to you because I myself can't quite remember it. So but don't it was worry. A, but it was a snowball system. I hope it's not a candy cane system because I would just feel like an idiot. It's don't worry. It was snowballs. It wasn't candy canes. All right. So with that. Is it time for us to get into our first movie that we watch for this season? I would love nothing more than and to folks, get into the first one. Folks, we started it off with a real stinker. Uh, this is a weird movie because it has two names. Yeah, two uh, titles. Two different titles. And we'll get into the differences between them uh, in, a, in a quick minute. But this is uh, 2004's A Very Cool Christmas, which also could go under the title... Uh, too cool for Christmas from director Sam Irvin and and we watched this film on the Roku channel yeah and I believe we watched when we were watching it on Roku it was titled too cool for Christmas but it, but we did see the very version, cool Christmas yeah. version which was strange I don't really know why that happened it was probably just like a clerical error yeah I think it must have been um so this film we we found out after watching it has been covered by like bad movie Analysts in the past, yeah. Um, 
but which is unfortunate because we like to find things that is a little more off the beaten path yeah something that no one on god's green earth has seen before yes uh, willingly something that on letterboxd has like less than a hundred people that have seen it yeah however ideally. this is this is still a film worth discussing uh ava what what is a very cool christmas slash too cool for christmas uh what's it about yeah, so A Very Cool Christmas is a reject Disney teen Christmas movie, I think. Yes, I'd say um, that's kind of accurate. It's, it's it's kind of in the vein of Clueless. Yeah, it wants to be like Clueless. It wants to be like Freaky Friday, like that kind of tone yeah. um, I think it's going Legally for. Legally blonde-ish. Yeah, because um, it's about a teenage girl who is just so cool. That's right. She's it's, a fashionista. Her name is Lindsay. You know, she kind of has like this... Uh, California vibe to her but it just takes place in like the middle of like Wisconsin or whatever well I believe so I think it's a Canadian production oh yeah it it is a Canadian but I'm saying like in the world of this film this does not take place in California yes but she has a kind of California like I'm wearing Chanel to class yes well her the film begins with a nightmare sequence on Christmas where she gets a fake Chanel bag yeah 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 and she's like no and it's very campy um but not in a great way but yes. I, I do think that scene was intentionally campy like yes. she like falls to her knees and screams up to the sky and there's like, a ton of like barry sonnenfeld style yeah, dutch angles i was about to say there's dutch angle shots of the yeah. paris like laughing like ha ha ha, ha, ha we got you yeah. a crappy bag as opposed to a uh, expensive bag um but anyhow she is a uh, total blonde a fascinating kind of valley girl b- vibe high schooler who drives a convertible drives a convertible um has a best friend who's a brunette and chews gum and they really want more than anything or she wants more than anything to go on the ski trip that's going to be on christmas day and she wants to go on the ski trip because her crush her totally radical crush her dreamy crush is going to be on that ski trip and she thinks that she can seal the deal with him yeah and whatever that means and we we also another thing we're not in the business of is you know crapping on anyone in these movies appearances however i only bring that up because <laughs> as soon as you see the crush in it you kind of go like oh it's laughable it's he's not like the stereotypical hot guy in high well, school in those kinds of movies he's dressed and styled like one like he's dressed and styled like a yeah. early 2000s um hot guy he has like spiky black hair like this is who hannah montana would have a crush on yeah he's yeah. wearing like a flannel or like you know like that kind of look um but he's just really ugly and he looks like he's in his mid-30s yeah that's another thing about uh all the teen actors in these uh you know things we kind of were talking to some extent and uh, like comparing this to contemporary stuff where you can tell that a lot of the actors are older than high schoolers like for example euphoria i've only seen one episode mm-hmm. of it but, but they're all in their 20s and they all one look, of them is allegedly in their 30s yeah they all look significantly older than high schoolers and given the content of the show that's ultimately a good thing yeah you don't want to actually like be directing a seat of teens having sex but the teens are actually 16 years old no exactly it's a it's an ethical moral thing and also i think in a lot of cases like as a director it's easier to work with adults playing teenagers than working with teenagers for a lot of reasons yes definitely like just dealing with like children on set 
is a headache. Yeah. Especially when there's mature topics. Um, but this movie has 30-year-old high schoolers in it. Yeah, and in a um, way that, like, is just painfully obvious the, and not... The only thing that made it so deeply obvious is that the woman who plays her mother looks all of maybe 10 years older than her. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, They look like in the... They look like... The mother looks like she's, like, 27, 30 and the, our main girl looks like she's like 25. Yeah. Or um, older. Or older. And that's no hate. She does yeah, a she, fine job yeah, in I her actually, campy role. I honestly think she, her performance was fine. I think she. This is uh, Brooke Nevin who plays Lindsay. Yeah. She had some good moments in it. But we need to get to this plot. Yes. Yeah. And we can kind of get through this plot pretty easily because it's a very simple plot, I think. So. I, uh, hmm. uh, uh, or yeah, maybe it's not. It's a simple plot, but it doesn't make sense because ultimately she wants to go on the ski trip. Um, but her parents are like, no. Or like. Her parents are like, yes, you can. Yeah, they're just not happy about they're it because really they want her to it. spend Christmas with um, the family. And the family consists of mom, dad, her younger sister, who's like, you know, supposed to be like the cutest thing in the world. The only other family member that joins them for Christmas is um, her uncle, Phil. Yeah. Who like pretends to be Santa, quote unquote, by putting like a shopping bag across his between his two ears to look like a beard and like wearing like a red shirt. Wears a red shirt. And he, like he's like. He's like overweight and like he's gross and annoying apparently. Yeah, he like eats food. He very... eats food and like, but like, and like he like has his arm over the couch so like everybody's kind of squished in the couch together. Yeah. He's supposed to be this annoying uncle, but the uncle looks like he's fucking 25 years old. That's the other weird casting thing in terms of like, he looks like he's like, all right. Yeah, he looks like he's in his early he to mid like 20s. He looks like he was in his early 20s. Like when he came on screen, I was like, why is the why is there a when 12 year old yeah, uncle? Why, why does the uncle look like a like a middle schooler? Yeah, exactly. Um, just people our age look like they're in middle school, and <laughs> yeah, it 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 was weird. It was a weird beat in it because like I don't know like any move. It's like oh, and my uncle is so creepy. My gross uncle's I'm like, coming. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm like, wait, what does, what do you mean by that? Wait, pause. Yeah. Pause. Is everything okay? What, what's the implication here? Is, is everything okay? Um, But yeah, she, but so she, she, that's she's one of the like, reasons why she doesn't want to go to Christmas at her family's yeah. house. Or that she's like, it's not a big deal that I'm missing because Christmas at home sucks anyways. And I would agree because the only Christmas that we see on screen does look pretty bad. Looks like it sucks and yeah. I wouldn't want to be there either. I'm like, yeah, like you have fun with the little kid, your bonus baby, your redo baby, <laughs> and I'll go out and make out with the, my crush. I'm gonna at, give at my the ski lodge. Yeah, I'm gonna give my crush a blowjob instead of doing. I this. gotta look good in my ski suit. Yeah, she has a line like that. She does say that. So her parents begrudgingly say, "Like you can go," um, but they're also like, "You're so selfish. You've never done a kind thing in your life before," because um, you know you're 16, and when you're 16, you have like a fucked up brain. Like, yeah. When I was 16, I had a fucked up brain. I was evil and narcissistic and self-centered. So like you know whatever. Yeah whatever so she goes to the mall with her friend and they're kind of talking that's clearly like their hangout spot yeah they're kind of just like talking about all of that and meanwhile we cut <laughs> so this is our b story yeah to you're talking you're talking about chuck and and donnie yeah we, yeah. we cut to um chuck and donnie who are these mall security cops a la paul blart Yes, they're very um, bumbling, played for laughs, and 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 imbue themselves with a lot of authority that you know it's supposed to be ironic that they have because they're not real police officers; yeah. they're mall cops. They're, they're like, they're like trying to like Chuck in particular. But, but yeah, it's it's the main guy. The main because there's okay, so there's a white cop and an Asian cop, and the Asian cop is written or at least is given made to perform in a way that 
felt very racist. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. Um, the actor for Donnie uh, is is a third generation Japanese Canadian, but he was uh, born and raised in yeah. Vancouver. They made him do like a crazy like Asian accent. Yeah, and, like it, we, made we, him like hold a hamburger weird and yeah. like it was it was weird. It felt a little weird. It was weird. It was weird. I don't. What year was this movie made? This movie was made in two thousand four. Okay, yeah, it was still weird. Yeah, it's still definitely. weird. But but I the guess the main the main maybe... mall cop is Chuck though, and and it should and be noted that Chuck is is played by uh sc- the screenwriter of the film Michael Gelbart. Yeah, and he is just terrible. He is he is tough to stomach. Every time it cuts to him, it is it is hard to sit through. Yeah, because you know any movie that's like a low budget movie, a bad movie, quote mm-hmm. unquote, mm-hmm. that tries to have comedic beats usually fails in a way that is so hard to stomach yeah most of the stuff that's funny about it is either unintentional or circumstantial a lot of the written out jokes usually land like a ball of lead yeah they 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 make you not want to be alive as (laughs) you're watching it yes but he is just so much it's like it's not even campy. It's just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can tell he's inspired by like you know like kind of Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, kind of facial act out, facial act out character yeah. comedy. Yeah, who you know those actors, you know whether you like their comedy or not, know how to do it in a way that works. He does not. Yes. Well, and I actually, it's funny you bring that up because part of the research I did about this uh, writer and actor of Chuck Michael Gelbart is uh, a comedian he's a stand-up mm. comic and a comedy writer and he's written on children's cartoons like mm. the total drama shows and uh the wayside cartoon and he has a he this is how he described it okay he has a quote profanity free yet adult uh stand-up special called michael gelbart all new smash hits <laughs> which is on amazon prime and uh i scrubbed through it and it is pretty bad well who doesn't love clean comedy f- for children and adults no exactly um yeah, he. So like his character, it's like he, you know, he's very overly like protective of the mall in an obnoxious way, and he talks in an obnoxious way and makes obnoxious facial features, and like thinks that the way to protect the mall is to get rid of the teenagers at the mall. Yes. Um, and by and by banning them or making an example of them, so no more teenagers come. He has a quote that's like, if. <laughs> If we get rid of the popular girls, then all the other teenagers won't want to come, which means no more teenage boys either. Yeah. And, so and he wants to get rid of the popular girls at the mall. His other thing, and it's... and it's you Well, know, this is what I was getting to. Oh, go on, yeah. Um, his other thing is, like, in that, in, in his quest, like, okay, I need to get these teenagers at the mall, I need to make an example of them. One of a group of teenage boys or maybe young adults um, dressed like skaters like punks yeah like, kind like, of a sh- like, like sugar ray style you know and they're frosted cut, tips frosted tips cut off flannel shirts yeah. with no sleeves bad boys um they throw a hamburger at the back of his head and that and, and he, he just goes scorched earth after yeah, that and, and he, he blames that on our Lindsay. yeah for no reason like i think like the point is like we're supposed to be like oh like he knows that it isn't her, but he wants to make an example out of her. Yeah. Because he doesn't like the fact... He wants to not have teenage girls. He's like, oh, see? This proves I shouldn't have teenage girls in my sacred mall. Uh, and then he goes and he bans her. And then, like, nothing happens. Like, she's yeah. like, she's like, oh, okay. You're weird. Yeah, um, exactly. 
and then she continues her conversation with her best friend um and she says that you know maybe maybe i have all this unresolved christmas crap i have to like work through like i have to talk to someone about all this christmas you know yeah and her friend like says something like i'm not an analyst yeah i'm not a therapist and she's like oh i know who we can talk to uh pan to (laughs) the mall santa she she is this mall santa who is george hamilton that's right uh famous actor uh, and famous for his physical appearance of having a very like kind of debonair yeah. look and and we all, bronze we all know, we all skin know tone george, due to tanning we all know jo- old george hamilton people our age might know him as the colonel in a few ep- he played in a, the colonel in a few commercials he was uh colonel and if you're sitting there on watching tv with your parents your mom or your dad might have been like oh ha, ha that's so funny that's george hamilton yeah it was kind of around the He's time they were getting for being tan a lot of like celebrities to be colonel sanders yeah um and he was funny because he was like playing yeah. like this kind of like very tan handsome yeah. colonel sanders yeah so you'll know him from your gen x or boomer parents just ask them if you don't know them but anyhow it's george hamilton sans tan in a really crappy mall santa costume very bad looking yeah, in a way that I think is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, for what his character is supposed to be, because yeah. he is supposed. Spoiler alert: He is supposed to be the true Santa. Um, yes, he's supposed to be the real Santa. So and this is established fairly early on after meeting his character. Yeah, you, and you can tell me really, just the way that the movie is set up. It's going to yeah. be the real Santa. Um, but he has like this crappy, like really crappy, like plastic looking, like you know, like the plastic fiber, shiny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Plastic belt. Oh no! Like plastic fiber, shiny beard. On, oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's really, really um stupid and horrible looking, and um, our teenage girl realizes that what she has to do to work out her Christmas issues or total Christmas problem is to get in line, sit on Santa's lap, and just insult him. Yeah, say he looks like shit. She's she's like she's like Mrs. Claus doesn't even want to sleep with you anymore. She implies that Mr. Cl- Mrs. Claus doesn't want to sleep with him anymore. And she doesn't believe that this is the real Santa. Which so is why it's so weird writing wise. It, it doesn't make sense. One, why she would go to Santa to talk about her problems. Yeah. And two, why is she talking about how Mrs. Claus isn't into him anymore? If she thinks this is just some dude who yeah, dresses up as Santa for, for Santa. money. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, like, if if this was a real human being if she was a real human being yeah what a crazy asshole thing to do yeah she's she would like, make herself immediately making, unlikable i don't know anyone. how much money like a mall santa makes for doing an appearance i don't know like what like what the life of a mall santa is like i don't know if there are usually people in good places in their life or bad places in their life yeah i'm not quite aware either you know i don't really know and i don't like, want to make any and assumptions I don't know the socioeconomic yeah. you know um demographics of mall santas but I all i know is they that don't I, get paid that well yeah you across know across the board and they might just be either nice guys that want to spread some yeah Christmas like volunteering basically or undercover pedophiles i'm not really sure yeah, it, <laughs> i'm not really sure what like what's going on psychologically of a mall santa and that's also something we're not in the business of which is getting into the mind of all mall santas yeah it's just not really what i do but if a real human being, if a real teenage girl sat on Mall Santa's lap with her best friend and just started railing on him, calling him ugly, fat, and saying that Miss Claus doesn't want to sleep with him because he's not cool and has a bad outfit on, I would be like, wow, that's a really 
bad person. So rude. Bad, Very you uncalled don't, You for. don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. You don't know his story. Also, like, he looks like that because he's dressing up as Santa. Yeah, no, sh- like, he's a normal man. He, he's his, a normal... His he's, outfit doesn't look good because it's a Santa suit. Yeah. <laughs> like, he could have at least, like, you know, casted, like, a guy that, like... I don't know, like, looked like Santa, maybe. I don't know. Well, it just didn't make sense. The Anyhow. reason We're going to get into the reason why they cast George Hamilton. Yeah, whatever. So so she feels kind of shitty. She feels bad about it maybe, like, five seconds after she does it. So she sticks around after his shift ends, and she goes no, up she to a goes, pub. She, I think she goes back to the mall. Like, she goes home. She's like, I shouldn't have done that. That's and then right, she drives yeah. right back to the mall. <laughs> yeah, she, well, she starts to wonder if she's a bad person. Am I a bad person? Like, am I, like, totally bad? Yeah, so she goes back to the mall to apologize to him after mm-hmm. his shift ends, and he basically says, like, oh, thanks, but, you know, I mean... There's I, a grain I, of truth to what you said. I appreciate what you were saying, but no, Mrs. Claus doesn't want to sleep with me anymore. I can't get any pussy from Mrs. Claus. And we are shown that. You know, they started off, they were making out. They weren't actually making out, but they were, like, they were, impl- snuggling. They were like canoodling. They were snuggling on the couch. But then we cut couch. to, you know, years, years into their marriage, you know... They they're on separate sides of the couch now. Santa's farting, you know, like it's like not good, you know. Yeah. So she says, I know what I'll do. I'll and this is the crux of the film, folks. I'll I'll get you a cool makeover. Yeah. It should have been called like a makeover for Christmas. Yeah. Well, every movie's named stuff like that. It's a really like, blank. yeah, not that big a deal. No, but I'm just saying like it should be called a makeover for Christmas. No, exactly. But um, Santa's makeover. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she gives Santa a makeover by taking him to the gym for three weeks. Yeah, Santa loses like two hundred pounds. Yeah, like it's. I was gonna say it's like implied like well over a hundred pounds in three weeks. Yeah, because by the end of the montage, like his suit has fallen off of him. Santa's suit is falling off of him. Yeah. She takes him. She gets him uh, a haircut. Some, a haircut and a, a shave. And. And a tan. A tan and a nice business suit. And guess who he becomes. George the Hamilton. George Hamilton we know and love. Just in sort of the rest of the movies just wearing a suit and he's just George Hamilton, but he's Santa. Yeah. And he is just so wooden. Yeah, I, I <laughs> and it's weird because, you know, at this point in the movie, like you're watching it, you're like, okay, where does this even go? Yeah. You know, because there isn't really any stakes anymore. He takes her I mean I'm more like kind of push my way through towards the ending because yeah, I feel like there's the nothing else of the movie, that happens. We've gotten to what I would consider is the climax is Santa's makeover. But it isn't. But it isn't. And and yeah. the way they try to force stakes closer to the end, is which laughable. we'll get to, is just completely laughable and, and, and would play as funny if if it were a different movie. Yeah. So ultimately Santa is like, all right, you can you have to or you should I don't know if it's a have to or should or if you want to come with me to deliver presents. Yes. I don't know why they do it together. And she, instead of, she, he he has his uh, sleigh there in the parking lot with only one reindeer because Santa, like, the, union busted, like, the other reindeer. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't want to pay the, the reindeer union, yeah. whatever. But, um, so, like, so they take her convertible. You were saying this when we watched it. Why oh, does yeah. everyone want to make Santa Claus Trump? Well, yeah, so... And but, this like, old-school Trump, like, like you know, business business yeah. mindset Trump. And this film does it in a very interesting way because they physically make him the closest depiction of Santa as Donald Trump as, I've, as I have yeah. seen. Which uh, is somewhat he's coincidental. He's got a tan, he's got... Because ju- that's just how George Hamilton's vibe yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, but I was just, like, his vibe and his look as, like, an actor and a personality. No, yeah, it was even a thing in Santa Girl, which was one that we liked, um, 
Santa's like a like a businessman. Business and he's like, I've I've got to meet with the elves. You yeah, know, the el- we're having contract so, negotiations. Always like an elf, an elf union type thing. Yeah, I don't I know guess why. It's just like lazy screenwriting yeah. or something. Because you know, I I think I brought this up when we talked about Santa. Girl. It was better in Santa Girl. It was better in Santa Girl, but I talked about it again. It's like you know, making Santa a businessman is like the easiest thing you can do, and it makes easy jokes. It's kind of like the Pixar mindset of like let's make everything like a like a business or like mm-hmm. a workflow. Yeah. But when they when Pixar does it to their credit, they maybe do it too much to their credit. They actually build out the world, and yeah. don't just do like throwaway jokes like most Santa yeah. things do. But I think I think Santa Girl had it built out a little more than your average. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely this, more than this, this one. This movie, yeah, it wasn't built out. It's throwaway, and it's like okay, Santa's union busting the reindeer, so he has he only has Blitzen or whatever. Or someone, but he leaves him in the mall I, parking I think, lot I think all it's night. more likely they could only afford one reindeer to rent yes, to make yeah. this movie. Yeah. They're like, exactly. they're like, if you want all, how many reindeers are there? He's got, well, there's Dasher, there's Dancer, there's, and there's a joke like that in, in uh, this Yeah, but how many are there? We're like, thuds. 11, 7? 8, 8 reindeer. 8 reindeer plus Maybe 9 Rudolph. with Rudolph, yeah. And now there's a new one. You told me there's this new uh, reindeer. Uh, yeah, well, we. I'm a big fan of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade like in the past couple years. There's, there's this reindeer called Tiptoe. Yeah, so now it's like 10 with Tiptoe. Well, we live in New York now. We were in Midtown the other day, and there's like a little sculpture of Tiptoe on the Macy's store. Yeah, so, you know, there's Tiptoe and Rudolph and, you know, all the other ones that no one cares about. Um, Dasher, Donner, Blitz. Anyhow. But they take her convertible but what I, uh, wait, He makes it fly. My joke was going to oh. be... My joke. <laughs> Sorry, did I, I didn't know I was stepping on a bit. Yeah, my joke was, because that's what I was asking you, you know, how many reindeers there are, because I guess there was like a, a sale, like, or, or like, oh, you're going to get all 10 of them for... Uh, a thousand dollars but if you just want the one reindeer or, or you know he's like he's like ah, oh, i can't do that is there any way you could get me a deal you know just give me i'm trying to make this movie is there anything you could do for me sir i mean you know we have this relationship and i just really want to make a great christmas film well there is one thing i could do what if i just gave you one reindeer for 55 dollars <laughs> I mean, I think that's likely what it was. That's the reason we only had one reindeer yes. was because there's there's no way they were, you know, paying for a bunch of reindeer. Um, but, yeah, so they make her convertible fly. And that's how they deliver presents. Yeah, and, and she like, drives because daddy's insurance does not cover you, Santa. Is a line. Yeah. And I hate the, like, teen movies where, like, they make the teen girl be like, daddy says no. Because, yeah, like, no, one's ever, has, no one talks like that. It has fucking weird vibes. It's uh, just stupid. It's also like I I think um so there there's a part speaking of weird vibes uh there's a part where Santa goes to the house of a uh paparazzi uh mm-hmm. who you know every year stays up trying to get a photo of Santa mm-hmm. and Santa is like I cannot have this guy take a photo of me with a young woman that will get in the tabloids Mrs. Claus will not be happy with me <laughs> um and he gets a photo of them but you know he gives. Santa is able to, you know, through, you know, connecting with him on an emotional level, get him to delete the photo. Yeah. Um, but but also, um, and I think also there's like at one point they go to a house and George Hamilton like starts speaking fake Chinese. Do you remember that part? Oh, yeah, he speaks, uh, he speaks fake Cantonese. It's very racist. Yes, it's very racist. It's very racist. It, I, that's why, like, I wrote on Letterboxd, I'm like, I think this film is, like, anti-Asian prejudice. Yeah. Because, like, because if there's one, like, Asian bit in, like, a movie that was made before 2010, it's like, all right, whatever. They're, that was just that's... low-hanging fruit, but they try to do whatever. But yeah. if there's two, it's like, wait. Why? What is your, what is your vibe? Yeah. What is your vibe, yeah. man? Like, why did you do that? Anyhow, 
so like, they, why'd you do it in general but like if there's two it's like whoa like what is going on here but they just deliver presents they basically. deliver presents but, but while that's happening or, or more importantly who's when they leave to deliver presents um our security our mall cop chuck chuck the screenwriter sees, sees them leaving with like all the all the gifts and he's like oh she obviously must have stolen all those gifts yeah um from like she stole stolen merchandise, merchandise from and she's, the mall and she's with an older man and all this yeah. stolen merchandise so he doxes her and goes to her house goes to her parents her mom and dad and like and her mom and dad by the way are like so worried because like she hasn't it's christmas eve and yeah. she hasn't she hasn't been home she they, hasn't called they called the friend who has the ski trip she's like yeah i don't know where she is yeah and like, they're like they're oh really my worried. god they're yeah. really really worried um so we're, we're, they're like should we call the police they're like really worried um they're freaking out um chuck comes over and he's like sir uh, uh you're the father of uh our protagonist um can i can you sit down can i talk with you for a second and i was like oh my god yeah of course what happened oh my god what happened and chuck's like yeah i saw your daughter drive off drive off. i'm trying to do his voice drive off with an older man and uh, with a bunch of stolen merchandise in the back of her car now what do you got to say about that mister it's kind of how he says it. Yeah, and he like um, says like you should sign this thing that will ban her from the mall. And so as soon as they find, so for like two seconds after the parents find out that she was with an older, because he just they just had to describe it, an older man. She was in a car with an older man. They're like that doesn't make sense. Like who is that? For like five seconds. Yeah. But then their attention is immediately turned to, but we can't sign something to ban her from the mall. Yeah, exactly. That's her favorite place to be. That's like a second home for it's a Lindsay. Second home for her. No, we can't do it. Instead of being like, we need to call the police because we need to find our daughter. We need to find her because who's she's, this man? She's, she's with, with some man that we've never heard of before. Like we know who her crush is. It's a guy in her high school. In what, her who's school, this yeah. older man? And they're stolen merchandise. What's going on? She hasn't yeah. called for hours. That's what you know a normal parent would do. But they're like, instead, we're looking at the mall contract and they're like, what should we do? What should we do? Should we sign this? And then we get this awesome like flashback montage from the dad. And it's like all the times that like she chose the mall over um, spending time with her weirdo dad. Yeah, and yeah. he's like pissed off about it. But like, and he's like, "No, I gotta sign this." Yeah, it's it, and it's so annoying because it's like it's like scenes of like you know like, uh, hey, ba- hey, uh, s- sweetheart, I'm I'm done with the barbecue food. Sorry, dad, I need to go go to the mall. And then he's like, and he looks away <sighs> sad. It's like whatever. You have another daughter. <laughs> Going out with your other daughter. She wants to go to the mall. She doesn't well, want to hang out with just you. Like, again, like these. I feel like stakes, it's not weird to not want to hang out with your dad. These stakes are are unbelievable. Like the stakes are not like we need to find our daughter, or the stakes aren't even like I need to get home in time for my trip. The stakes are: is Lindsay banned from the mall or not? Yeah, and we have no connection to that. Emotionally. And also, like when she is initially banned from the mall, because. She is already banned from the mall. That's true. So I don't even understand like what this contract is. I guess it's a more official banning from the mall, even though like she is banned. Yeah. Like he said, you're banned. He got her ID. No, exactly. He banned her already. So I don't even understand like what the stakes actually were. Um, it's just banning her again or more officially. But, like, when or she something? was first know. banned from the mall, she was like, "Uh, okay, yeah, like we're totally gonna miss this place." It sucks here. Like yeah. that's what they say. They have like a bunch of lines that are like, um, okay, who cares? There's nothing to even do here anymore. There's and there's a stupid mall Santa. Oh yeah, she hates that there's a mall Santa. She hated Santa. that there's a mall Santa. Like she walked into the mall 
on the month of Chris December first or whatever. <laughs> and she sold the mail, mall Santa, and she was like, "This is so lame." She was like, wow. how, "How how would how could they do this?" So tacky. But so they deliver the presents. The last stop is her crush's house and she sees him with a shirt off. Yeah, it's actually awesome when she goes to crush's house because, you know, Santa was teasing like, oh, in the last place, it's an important place. And then I got there and they're on the roof. And, you know, he's like, this is what's the 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 younger brother, the younger brother of the crush. What's the the crush's name? I don't remember. Just I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him Blaine Weaver. No, don't. Blaine Weaver has a name that sounds like it's from the early 2000s. The crush's name is... No offense to Blaine, because I think he's awesome. You just have an awesome name. It sounds like a... Anderson? Your your name is awesome, and it sounds like a character from, like, a Nickelodeon original. I think it might be Anderson is the crush's name. Anderson. Oh, my God, we're at Anderson's house. Oh, my God, I can't go in. I'm so worried. And then Santa, like, convinced her, like, no, you have to come in. Like... Because, like, you, I don't know, I don't know how he convinces her, but he's like, you come in, and she's like, okay, fine, I'll come in, I'll go down the chimney and go to his house, <laughs> and she sees him, shirt. she, like, like looks at all his photographs, <laughs> all his family photographs. Oh, yeah, she looks at his family photographs, and she's like, they look like such a beautiful family, and his dad is, like, a million years no, old. No, she said they look like genetically perfect human beings, oh, yeah, the yeah. words she that says, she used. She says, oh, my God, they're, like, genetically perfect humans, and his dad is, like, in his 90s. It's it's like what what it was really I guess it, yeah I don't it, it probably was the actor's real life dad because the actor was fifty two years old but but like um so she sees him with his shirt on he's like getting her and Santa hide because uh, he like gets like a glass of water or something in the middle of the night and he's just got his pajama bottoms on and before they leave Santa puts a secret note in uh his stocking mm-hmm. and that don't worry that uh, dear listener that'll come back later. Yeah, um, and then she goes home to deliver her little sister's presents, and, and sure enough, she runs into the sister. The family sister. magic, family Christmas love yeah, overpowers like, her heart. Oh my god! The sister's like, my my Christmas wish, my what I asked Santa for for Christmas was for you to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. And then the little sister's like, oh shit, you know, actually I want to be I'm here. Not going I'm not going to go on a ski trip. I'm going to hang out with Uncle Phil. I'm going to let Uncle Phil touch me on the shoulder. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's gonna be. We're fine. gonna watch the Grinch. We're gonna watch the Grinch on the, the TV. It's gonna be okay. And she does it, but then uh, lo and behold, um, Crush knocks on the door. He didn't end up going on the ski trip either, and um, it's partially because Santa's note said that Lindsay has a crush on him, and that if she, he likes her back, he should stay and not go on the ski trip, and she should he should come over yeah. for Christmas dinner to yeah. watch a movie with her family. Yeah. Also, um. We forgot to say that ultimately she is not the dad doesn't sign the contract to banner from. Oh, the that's right. Yes. A- upon, I don't like what was the reason why? Like the friend calls and says she's okay. She's at our, um my house. She lies on behalf of Lindsay because the friend yeah. was like trying like falling asleep or something. Yeah. But she wakes up just in time to call the dad and be like, no, 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 Lindsay's at my house. Yeah. And so the dad is like, we're not signing that. Yeah, so that's the plot of it. And Chuck gets chased off by teens throwing hamburgers it, at him. I hate how long it took for us to talk about that plot because, as you can tell, I d- did not really like that movie yeah, at all. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's, um, you know, oh, and I guess the last beat is, you know, Mrs. Claus also gets a makeover. And then they bang. And they bang. Well, they bang. Implied, implied off screen. They kiss. You know, camera pans away. Yeah. 
but the uh yeah this was a movie that had a promising premise that i'm i'm, I'm afraid was no fun yeah it really and, was and no fun i i find sort of movies like offensive when they don't try to make the most out of what it is yeah you know like the fact that george the fact that they didn't just like get like a good like beard wig for george hamilton for when he's santa yeah or like give him like a good like fat suit mm-hmm just like immediately pissed me off from the movie because it's like okay like this isn't even trying to like and it's a very stock like we said they're kind of peppered with a few shots that look kind of like raising arizona but it's mostly a very stock look Mm -hmm. with bad special effects tough acting not 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 great performances and also it's just mostly like a fine kind of campy christmas premise that just Mm -hmm. isn't fun or funny yeah and like the casting of george hamilton is so just to like get people to watch it yeah um because he adds nothing to the film um his performance is very wooden it feels like he just didn't have fun with it because i feel like there was a way to do that character that would have been fun yeah sexy santa yeah totally yeah like and like also like fish out of water stuff that could have been fun exactly um but he really didn't do it i feel like they probably would have been better just getting an unknown handsome older man Mm -hmm. and casting him yeah well i guess before we rate it we should do like probably like five minutes on the reason why people started talking about this and like bad movie analysts started covering it. Uh, The difference between a very cool Christmas and too cool for Christmas. Yeah. Um, So the big difference is too cool for Christmas is the original version of the film wherein Lindsay has uh, two dads. It's a same sex. Mm -hmm. It's a gay couple. Yeah. um, And they did that because I had a, um, at the time it wasn't stigmatized in America or in Canada. That's what I was saying. It wasn't oh, as sting- yes, yes. stigmatized in Canada as it was in America. Yeah. And um, so they shot both films in tandem. Yeah. They would do one shot with the dad and, and another shot. dad. And then one, they would sub in the actress. Yeah. So that they could sell it to American audiences too, which was kind of, which is interesting. I kind of um, appreciate the effort in terms of like, no, we're not going to like not do the gay dads. We're going to do it. We're just going to like make a stupid American version of it. So I I did a little bit you of research. You know what I mean? Like like in a way that's kind of a valiant thing rather than just like cut it cuz it would make more sense to cut it all together if you're like, "Oh, we want to sell it to Americans. We're not going to have the gay dads." I kind of like that they're like, "We'll have the gay dads and then we'll also get shots with a mom so that we can sell it to the bigoted Americans, but in Canada we can have the gay dads." So, I did a little bit of research. I their uh director Sam Irvin, who is kind of a B-movie vet, he made um Out There. He also directed the uh 2001 the sequel to Elvira, Elvira's Haunted Hills. Mm-hmm. He did an interview with BuzzFeed after people started like there was uh, it got kind of viral on Twitter and yeah. then people made YouTube videos. And um, this is a quote from him. He said, um, I'm an openly gay director and here TV said, why don't, so it was originally, it was not in fact made solely just to be able to be made in the, be screened in the US as well. It was, uh, Irvin was working closely with an LGBTQIA plus network called here TV, but here TV didn't have enough money to finance it on their own. So they said, make a straight version mm. and then sell it to Lifetime. And mm. they did sell the straight version to Lifetime. But here TV got uh, the, the, the un- way it was intended. The uncut version. And this is the uh, quote from Irvin. 
uh, I'm an openly gay director, and they said, why don't you tweak the dialogue for the dads to make it more gay or whatever? And I said, absolutely not. The whole point of the reason I'm making this film is that there would be no difference at all between this being a straight couple or a gay couple. It shouldn't matter. I won't do it. As a gay man, I'm always frustrated that the world and society isn't mm. more evolved in being accepting of this. But I was really jazzed that we were getting the opportunity to make this movie with two dads. And that was exciting that there could be another project that I could work on that had LGBT representation. I hope that things have evolved now where these kinds of characters are being represented fully. There's always more work to be done, and I'm hopeful that we will continue and we'll look back at these movies as kind of an archaic workaround. See, that's nice. I wish that the rest of the movie had that much like attention, care, and <laughs> yeah, passion put yeah, into it. Because like I hear that and I'm like, oh my god, that's like like to me that's like really nice. Yeah. Um and like I agree with that. Like I, we didn't watch the gay version, um, for some reason Roku just only had a straight version. Yeah. Um I, I've heard that it's kind of hard to find the gay version for whatever reason. It's on YouTube, but the version I scrubbed through the version on YouTube and it also has the mom. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like but again, like I, I, I find that like really like valiant, like like, no, we're gonna like do this version of it and also like we're not gonna like make it like so gay. like stereotypical, yeah. I you think know? his he he wanted it to be because it was made for a gay network, he yeah. wanted it to be like, no, this is like a lifetime Christmas it's movie, but like it just a... happens to have <laughs> gay parents. It's not like that other movie that we watched with a gay character. Ooh, well the the next the with our a little next film. skinny scarf on. So yeah. Walks in the room and says, This is not fabulous. Yes. <laughs> I think it's time for us to transition, but real quick, Ava, what uh, what's your snowball rating for a very cool Christmas, aka too cool for Christmas? I would say that this is a one and a half snowball film for me, um, mainly because I felt like so much of it could have been okay, but there was no real attention effort put into it to make it good. I think particularly with the George Hamilton performance and how it was all written lame i thought the stakes were lame um i thought the screenwriter who was also the comedic chuck yeah. foil um was horrendous yes yeah truly 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 horrendous in no a way fun. that wasn't even like oh whatever they have like this bad no it was not okay it was oh my god at the end of the movie um the punks come back and they throw more hamburgers at him as if it's some inside joke that we like. Yeah, it is, he gets chased off by a flurry of hamburgers being thrown at him. It is just... Randomly. Like, horrible and bad in that way. I And I was watching it, and the entire time I was watching it, I was thinking about it in comparison to Disney Channel original movies from the early 2000s. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. And or I, like other Lifetime movies. Not even Lifetime movies. Like, I was thinking, because it felt like it was supposed to be a teen movie... Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about it in term, like compared to like Freaky Friday. Yeah, um, that's fair. I think you know Lindsay Lohan is great in that movie. They're in. There's such an atmosphere to that movie. We it talked feels about this a little bit. Yeah, so teen. The best of the Disney Channel original movies, even like High School Musical, have an has atmosphere. an intentioned atmosphere, and this movie felt very sterile. No atmosphere to it. Yeah, and just like totally like borrowed ideas of like what a teenage girl is like. What a stuck-up teenage girl is like. Yeah. Because you think about Clueless, our stuck-up teenage girl is extremely likable and fleshed out. And layered, yeah. Very layered. You understand why she's the way that she is and, like, you're okay with that. Yeah. This movie, it's like, you don't fucking understand anything about anyone. Yeah. It's bad. 
It really wasn't good. I It's a one and a half snowball for me. I think I'm going to agree. I think I'm also going to give it one and a half snowballs simply because it, the reason we watched it was because on paper, on like the IMDb letterbox description, mm-hmm. on the description on the Roku channel, it mm-hmm. had a promising Christmas B-movie plot. Yeah. Santa gets a makeover from a teenage girl. And it was just no fun. It was remember, not fun to watch. Remember when she was doing the makeup makeover for Santa and they were going through that store in the mall and she was picking up like items for him to try on. Oh, and yeah. it was just like a, it was just and, like basketball shorts. It was a bunch of uh, swimsuit trunks. Yeah. I think like the store that they shot in was like a swimsuit store. That's so funny. <laughs> Which is so silly. But again, like no time or attention yeah into that like like the clothing that she picked up for george hamilton to wear wasn't like what i would imagine a teen picking up because again like you think of freaky friday and you think of how um what's her name is styled once Lindsay lohan turns into her oh yeah yeah uh uh, jamie lee curtis yeah once jamie lee curtis is dressed in the way that a teenage girl would think it would be cool if a 50 year old woman dressed like this yeah and the styling looks awesome yeah no definitely george hamilton should have been styled in or at least for like a second Styled in the way, but a teenage girl would think it would be cool if an adult man dressed like yeah, this. Yeah, and you can still have Santa wear the suit, just have him be like, this isn't my style. Yeah. But it's also lame, because yeah. it's like they put him in a suit because George Hamilton wanted to wear a suit, because that's his thing. Yeah. Yeah, no fun. Just And it could have been fun. And again, we're not in the business of saying, like, you know, oh, they couldn't afford to you know, shoot in this specific location or have this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just attention to detail stuff because there clearly was a production design budget. There pl- clearly was yeah. some ability to do this kind of stuff. Look, they had the convertible. They had the uniforms for the mall cops. They, they went they to... They had a reindeer. They went to Canal Street, got all the fake Chanel bags for yeah. her. It's... It was no fun. It's a one and a half snowball movie. Yeah. You ready to talk about... My dad is Scrooge. I would love to talk about my dad is Scrooge. All right, I'll 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 introduce that. Our second film in our double feature, which is another thing about our show, we do two movies per episode. Our second, and there's something linking these, uh, but we'll get to yes. that later. Uh, the second film we're covering is 2014's My Dad is Scrooge, uh, directed by a uh, Christmas family-friendly Christmas movie veteran and Canadian director. Justin G. Uh, Dick, I think his name is. Yeah, he has an unfortunate name. Um, yes, it's spelled D-Y-C-K. So there's only two ways you can pronounce that, and neither way is a Yeah, neither way are word. a great last name. Yeah, uh, unfortunate. But My Dad is Scrooge is a um, loose, emphasis on loose adaptation of yeah. uh, Charles Dickens' classic A Christmas Carol. I would say it's shockingly loose in yes. terms of like the premise of the movie. I'd say. Um. Yeah, so who should talk about this? I should I talk about this movie? I'll get us started. No, I'll 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 chirp up when I when I feel right. the need to. Once upon a time. <laughs> we start in a once upon a time scenario. We got an oh, we got a book. We do. We do get a storybook beginning a, story a la book. the uh Golden Age Disney films. Yeah, I think that this beginning was supposed to like give us kind of like the vibes of like Babe. Um, mm. you know that little pig that could. Uh, I, don't, I cannot love remember. that pig, babe. I love babe, but I can't remember a single thing about the movie except like, um, the way certain things sounded. Because <laughs> you know when you're watching a movie when you're a kid, like you you remember only very specific. Well, babe was a little kid, right? Babe was a pig. No, the voice of babe. Yeah, yeah, I'm babe. Oh, hey. Um, mm. but yeah, he was just like a little boy. 
but anyhow, it was, it's a storybook beginning, and you know, in the storybook, they open up a page, and there's an illustration. It's, and it's the worst illustrations you've ever yeah. seen in your life. And but, they've also like pasted gifts of barnyard animals, which didn't onto the upset page. me as much as that reminded me. I don't know if that happens in Babe in the beginning, but it reminded me of Babe or like Charlotte's Web or something. But it didn't upset me. Well, this movie's gonna get a lot more like Babe. Yeah. No shit. <sighs> um, Barnyard Animals illustrations of uh, the Christmas Carol. Um, you know the old Scrooge story, um, except that the ant- the old Scrooge story of, of of that miser Christmas hater Ebenezer Scrooge getting visited by three spirits to yeah. have, you know spread the love of Christmas. Yeah, you know the drill. Yeah. Um, except that he's like a bulldog in these illustrations. That's true. All the all the all the illustrations are of animals in like Victorian wear. Yeah, and then you know dissolve into the face of a little boy dressed as Scrooge and with sideburns and a sleeping cap on and it's a play and he's in a Scrooge play um, and, they're, and they're all little kids in the play and um, they stink they're bad at it um, there's like an issue of like the ghosts of Christmas uh, past yeah um, is like, like two boys on each other's shoulders and the one boy has stinky socks stinky, it's on his lucky socks he has his stinky lucky socks on but never get washed so um, the bottom half of which the ghost, is our, our main character Ollie Ollie is like get me out of this crazy thing his, um, his feet stink director yells cut um, and director, Ollie's mom and it's his mom and all the kids kind of start like walking onto the stage saying their little lines doing their little bits like um, can I go to the bathroom? She keeps kicking me. Uh, I'm the little stupid kid. A little girl pisses on the floor. Yeah, a little kid pees on the floor. <laughs> we don't see the pee, but someone's like, um, it's wet now. Yeah. Which is, oh my God. The child acting in this movie is really Yeah, some poor. pretty bad, pretty bad child acting, I'm afraid. And and, and I don't and, like and, to hate on we too many child saying, actors. As I was watching it, I, yeah, when I was saying like, I feel bad for all child actors because no child actor chose to be a child actor, and more if or they, less. And if they d- want to do it, it's like, well, that's what you want to do when you're a child. You want to be an astronaut when you're a child. Yeah. You know, it's like they have to deal with a lot of very adult things and, and are age. put in front of and A lot of pressure. And, and like, yeah, no shit a kid's bad at acting because it's a kid. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like no hate to the bad child actors, but the child actors were really bad in it. And yeah. Annoying. They... It would a Christmas movie shouldn't make you hate children as you're watching it. Yeah, and, and, and the, I the love two kids. kids in this are pretty tough. Yeah, because I love kids, and I was watching this movie, and I was like, I just want to kick these kids off the screen like a football. Yeah, I want to. I hate these kids. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so mom is, uh, you know, mom's running the Christmas Carol play. I think they make some allusion to the fact that she's a teacher at some point. Yeah, because they're calling her like Miss. You know, whatever but her she, last name is. She might just be directing a local Christmas pageant. Yeah, or, or like a church a one. Carol. It's very vague. Yeah. Um, later in the movie, we find out that the play is performed at midnight on Christmas Eve, which was just like the wackiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like a, a play that's like the youngest actors in it are six. Yeah, or, and they were doing it at midnight. At midnight. That's like that's a recipe for a bad play. Yeah, you're going to have sleepy actors. You're going to have They're forgetting sleepy, lines. hyper, confused no, exactly. babies on stage. It's a bad idea. Um, But anyhow, so she's, uh, oh, oh, mom has uh, two child actors in her play. Um, Cut to 
title card my dad is scrooge and like you're yeah. watching it and you're thinking to yourself wait but i don't even know who the dad yeah, is yet and and i know, only know about this mom is this, is this mom also a scrooge she seems kind of nice well this this the title of the film was what made this a must see for us because you know as two christmas heads you know the worst thing imaginable is for your biological father to be scrooge himself yeah a, a, a grinch if there ever was one mm-hmm. so dad picks up the kids after a title card um and the dad's name is eb eb Ebenezer Scrooge. Kind of in reference to Ebenezer Scrooge, but they only ever call him E.B. We do not get a last name. We do not get the names that E.B. stands for. He's only ever called E.B. And I've just never heard of anyone on this planet named E.B. I have. Author of Charlotte's Web, E.B. White. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was also an allusion to Vats because of all the barnyard hijinks. Oh, and well, we'll get into the barnyard hijinks. Okay, so dad picks up the kids. Um... There's some marital issues. It was interesting in the scene where you find out that there's marital issues because they kind of are talking to each other like they just want to fuck in the in the backseat of a car. It's a little flirtatious. Yeah, I was watching them and I was about to say to you, ooh, they bang. and But then like kid is like the younger child is like, is mommy and June daddy? Bug, the June. June. Our little June bug. Is mommy and daddy getting a divorce? And Ollie's no. like, no. No. They're just getting separated, which is different. Yeah, but it's like, you know, they're on the they're they're on the rocks. They're, they're on the rocks. fast tracks to a so divorce. So they're, they're gonna get divorced because of um Christmas spirit or whatever. But it hasn't happened yet. Um yeah, even though they're talking to each other like they're gonna fuck in the backseat and the windows are gonna be steaming. It's a little tense, yeah. Yeah. Um Dad picks up the kids. Dad is like a banker. He might work for the bank. It's um, hard because it doesn't look like his office doesn't look like it's in a bank. It looks like it's in a house. Yeah, um, and he um he is like early thirties. Yeah, he, he looks is like really young. young. But they try to like spottily gray his hair in patches. Yeah, I feel like in he was interesting. He was kind of handsome. Yeah, especially when you first see him, you're like, whoa, why is Scrooge like cute? Yeah, he's 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 handsome and like a very like milk toast. Yeah, white like. Like very safe white guy, kind of like three steps removed from Ryan Gosling. Boiled chicken for dinner, <laughs> yeah. You know, mayo sandwich. Yeah. white guy, handsome. Um, A little stubble. Yeah, take him home for uh, Christmas in Dixieland. Yeah, uh, that's how I see him. You know, I don't. Not, not my type, but, but I was right like, I was, but I was like, oh, that's a you know, that's like a handsomeish white guy um, that they casted for. Uh, Scrooge. But right here, he's in a he's in a suit with a top coat. Yes, yeah, you know top coat. Which I'm like, yeah. Every time I watch a movie like that, I'm like, why don't men wear suits with top coats anymore? Well, Maybe it's my age too. group. Maybe yeah, I think it's group. your age group, and I think it's the crowd you run with. You're running with a lot of artiste types. You know, you're not <laughs> working. You're not working with a lot of the the you know. Yeah, those artists I'm hanging out with, smoking hashish. Yeah, thinking, thinking, and uh, considering, and thinking. pondering. Uh, saying spoken word poetry together. But um, that's my crowd now. So you, he's um, driving his kids. He hates Christmas. He runs into the the cousin Fred analog here is um Manny. Oh yeah, man. I thought his name was like Marty. No, his name is Manny. And and an interesting thing about Manny, which is uh what links our two films, is Manny is played by Keith uh Cooper, who Manny is the cousin Fred character, who's the comic relief of the film, and is also he uh, is the screenwriter. Keith Cooper wrote My Dad is Scrooge and is playing Manny and he is he is so silly yeah he's comedic he's not bad like the security guard yeah he he does a better job than Chuck 
way better. Yeah. Um, in 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 the too cool for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's very silly, goofy. Yeah, he's wearing goofy Christmas sweaters, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you donate to my charity?" And and, and Eb like, is like, "No, no, I will not be doing that." Don't you understand, Manny? If I were to donate to your charity, I wouldn't be helping out all the other charities. So I don't want to not help out other charities. So in many I ways, can't donate. I'm taking away money from other charities by helping your charity. And the kids like say something like, "Why do you hate Uncle Manny?" And he's like. First of all, Manny isn't your uncle. He's my business partner. And he was a bad business partner, so he's now my ex-business partner is and the line. I hate him because he loves Christmas and charity. <laughs> Giving away money to charity and buying Christmas presents when you don't have two dimes to rub together. It's literally a classic reason to hate someone. No, exactly. Like, like, oh, I hate you. You have too much Christmas cheer and a love for charity. And I'm a businessman, a banker, a real estate agent. And so the first thing Dad does in a, in a, and in a in a like a deft, he's, you know, he's doing getting a, normal, a divorced dad move. Well, he's the doing first a normal thing, thing, right? The first thing he does with his kids on his weekend to watch them is take them to go foreclose their favorite farm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put, put he, their put their family friend and farmers and the farm animals out on the street for Christmas. He did it in such an awesome normal guy way because like the kids like run into the fucking barn and like it's like an older couple that have all the cute barnyard animals. The barnyard animals, the barnyard animals are freaking like it's like a bunny, a duck, two a ponies, llama, yeah. a pony, and a goat, and a little like like a like a lassie style dog. Yeah, like you know these are the animals, right? They're, they're not like nasty, stinky ass barnyard animals. These are cute animals. You these refer are to it as animals. as what you as, would assume was a gentleman's farm. Yeah, it's a gentleman's farm. Um, Wait, you thought that was funny? That's a real term. No, I know that's a real term, but I thought it was an accurate term. Yeah, and perhaps they're not. A term I was thinking they're not making any money off of these animals. They're not slaughtering them, or no. <laughs> they're not. They're not cutting off that duck's head and making him into soup. They didn't make their mortgage payments or their, something. Or something. We don't quite know what EB does. We assume he works for some sort of bank. Because Scrooge bank. is usually a banker of some sort. Yeah, and he. Set, hands them a notice on they're gonna have but, to foreclose the farm. It, but I was gonna say the reason why he does it awesomely is that like, it's the cutest animals ever, right? It's all cute animals. The little the, tiny the old girl lady is reading the, yeah, a Christmas Carol to her yeah, bunny. The tiny girl run, runs inside to the house of the bar or whatever, and she's like, "I want to, oh hi, I want to see all the animals today. I want to see all the animals." And the old lady's like, "Of course you can see all the animals." The she old walks lady, away with her. The old man comes out and he's like, "Oliver." Your mother must have brought you to say hi to the animals. And then E.B. walks out and he's like, oh, your father's here. To what do we owe this rare pleasure, E.B.? And he hands them a foreclosure notice. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> right hey, in hey, front hey, of his he's son. Like, he's like, you, you, you told me that we had till Christmas. Um, Actually, I said you had until December and that's gone and passed. Just like a complete stone cold move. Yeah. Just he's actually gangsta. AF with that and like the kids are crying you know <laughs> yeah they're like they're like dad you're dad, kicking out the animals your dad you're gonna the animals are gonna be homeless now <laughs> yeah on Christmas um so yeah so that's the beginning and then you know they take the kids go home and they're really kind of sad he puts his daughter to sleep throws his daughter to bed go to sleep he leaves the kids go to sleep the kids live in the same um in the same bed, the kids have the same bedroom this yeah, year. Yeah, which is you know for their for the for the young man's age, you know he's a fifteen year old boy. The, girl, the girl's six. He should you know have his own space. I think I think that's like especially if dad is like this rich businessman. Yeah, and I'm like look at their space. I'm like 
this, this young 15-year-old boy, he can't even express himself. He doesn't have any posters up. He doesn't have any video games. No toys. No toys in his bedroom. Then I realized, oh, it's because the production team didn't do any set design in the bedroom. Yeah. Well, and womp, it's also womp, very convenient womp. for the scenes for them to be very close to each other at night. Yeah. Uh, because that night, she wakes him up in the middle of the night and is like, uh, the animals from the the farm... What, what's what's that old old family's name? The... um. The Woodsley Farm. Uh, the, they won't leave me alone. And he's like, you're having a bad dream. And she's like, oh, okay. And she goes back to bed. Mm-hmm. And then, sure enough, he hears like a wacky voice say something like, wake up, Ollie. Ooh, wake up, Oliver. And he wakes up. And, and sure enough, all the animals are inside him and his sister's shared bedroom. Uh, the animals, it should be noted, two of them are um, voiced by uh, the bunny rabbit. Connie is voiced by Bonnie Wright who listeners might know best as Ginny Weasley from the Harry Potter films. And, and a character of a rat that's introduced later is uh, named Raffi is voiced by uh, uh, comedic actor John uh, Heater, who is probably best known as uh, the title role in Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, these are voice roles only. I think it's important to note, but, you know, just kind of interesting. Yeah, they got, they got old Ginny Weasley back. Uh, but the animals are there, and they can talk. They, they can, can talk, talk because Big Red. Yeah. Uh, so it's <laughs> so here's the convoluted thing, and this is like an issue of the movie in general, and the way that like plot points happen and logic works in the movie, is that like rather than like us seeing how things unfold and like there being like a string of logic that propels the plot, sometimes shit just happens, and so all the animals got the power to speak because of Santa, they explain. Yeah. Santa, who they refer to as Big Red, uh, left some of his reindeer at the Woodsley farm for the Woodsleys to take care of. Which we never see these reindeer. No, we never see Santa. But in to repay the Woodsley, he gives the animals the ability to say... Well, the express that he gives them the ability to talk, but the reason he says is the Woodsleys always tell you guys how much they love you. You should be able to say it back, and I just think that's darn sweet. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> that is cute, but but ultimately, plot-wise, screenwriting-wise, it's incredibly lazy and convenient. And convenient. It's like I feel like you know, if I was making this movie. Instead of having the cold open being the play where you don't even see the Scrooge dad in question. Maybe it's a scene of the kids playing on the farm, so we're establishing that relationship, and then kind of like yeah. a hint. Like that a maybe hint. these animals can talk. Yeah, maybe there's a little sparkle um, effect that happens, like as they leave, or they like hear something and they're like, "Who said that?" And they look back in the in the barn, and 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 it's just the animals, and they're like, "Huh, weird." Yeah, you know. And if you really want to spend a lot of money, maybe we see some reindeer. <laughs> you know, but yeah, like I like I I find it kind of ridiculous. That like the animals just conveniently can suddenly talk because uh, lay epic Santa, um, big red, big old big big old red and his buckles on his boots. But they the, the animals are the there. Big man in red. The animals are there with a mission. Um, they want to do some ghost shit. They uh say you need to. It's four days to Christmas. Over the course of the next four days, you need to convince your dad to not foreclose our home you need to get him uh to love christmas mm-hmm. and 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 you know yeah. spread that spirit to keep our barn functioning yeah and uh they do it um 
<laughs> they do it and and this is when it becomes like a an adaptation of a christmas carol very loosely though but yeah because like you well, know yeah in a christmas carol it's like first of all if it actually made me realize why one of the reasons why a christmas carol works Mm-hmm. And why they can't do it the way that this movie does it is that one of the reasons why a Christmas Carol works is that all these events occur over one night. Yeah, it's it's one crazy night that and, Scrooge And has. then you wake up with, like, he wakes up with this epiphany. Whether it was real or not, he wakes up a changed man. He's like, oh, my God, I love Christmas. Christmas is important. I have to be kinder. I need to be ki- kinder to old time, Tiny Tim and Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Tiny Tim and Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit. I always think his name is Jiminy Cricket. Well, Jiminy Cricket does show up in the Mickey Christmas Carol. It adds a, l- a little bit of complication to the matter. But the um, he's but, the um, ghost of Christmas Past. But, um, but in this in this movie, it all, happens over four nights. It happens over four nights. So like every time something happens, it like ultimately like resets. Yeah. Before something else happens. No, exactly. Like, like you don't see like that consistent linear character growth growth of Scrooge being like slowly won over to the idea of having this new lease yeah, of EB, life. EB gets back to square one every, every morning. morning like, which really doesn't work fundamentally. Yeah. Um, well, so the first ghost is the, the Cousin Fred stand-in Manny is also the Jacob Marley stand-in. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the main dog uh, who I think might also be named Chuck. Uh, no, Clark. The dog's name is Clark. Classic dog name. Um, the main dog, Clark, uh, comes in and convinces Manny that he's dead, even though he's very much alive, uh, because Manny he has... He convinces Manny that Manny is dead. Yes, and Man- because Manny wakes up and he says, I had a dream that I was dying and a talking dog was taking me to heaven. <laughs> and the dog is like, well, that th- this is not a dream. This is real. And he's like, I'm dead dead and, and the dog's like the well dog's that's like, very convenient the dog's like uh yeah and <laughs> you're a ghost it's i think it's funny that we're making clark talk like brian from family guy it would be awesome if he talked like brian from family if they got guy. seth mcfarlane in and the then booth. manny could be peter griffin yeah. oh sweet i'm dead well but that's basically because that's what he, he does doesn't, he doesn't sound like that but that's basically what he does he goes like oh sweet i'm dead i get to do i get to be a ghost i'm so ghost excited shit. um and and so manny runs outside and he sees oliver and he's like Oliver, are you dead too? And Oliver's like, no, I'm just one of those kids that can see dead people, Boo. which mm, real stinker of a joke. But the um, he's like, okay, sick. So he's the only person that can talk to him. And throughout the movie, he comes back to do wacky scenes, uh, like he once shows up to like this restaurant that they're at, and Oliver like says to everyone, like Manny hit his head really hard, and he thinks he's a ghost. His doctor told us all to just play along, and so he like you know is you know stealing burgers and like you know playing with people's food he massages someone's back he massages someone's back he he craps on the cook's cooking and is like he makes a terrible sandwich uh it it was not good it's not very funny and it was also just like a horrible scene because like the idea of like a little because when the little boy uh, the 15 year old boy stands on the table like um so Manny hit his head and he thinks he's a ghost. So everyone just go along with it. And everybody's like, okay. And like, there's literally characters that are going like, ah. Oh, been there. Been there. Classic Manny. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll go along with it. Thank you for letting us know. But so they have. He hit his head. Is he okay? They it's tr- like, what? They trick what Manny into on? thinking he's dead so that he can be Jacob Marley and, and, and hide in EB's car and scare him and say you will be visited by three ghosts and eb it doesn't really work on him he basically just goes like 
Manny's being weird and 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 slept in my car. Yeah, he does not like, think he's he, a ghost. He's, he's like, I think Manny hit his head. Yeah, is what exactly. He says. Um. But um, at, the, at some point there are these bullies who are who are oh yeah, there's like messing the, with our Oliver. Our main character has bullies, um, little shithead kids. Yeah, and they look just ridiculous. <laughs> they just also, look like little babies. The way they're bullying him is so abstract. Yeah, they um, like have like a, they like go outside of his window and they're like, "Hey, Ollie!" And they hold up a photo, a piece of paper that I think we're supposed to think understand they drew, as a draw- drawing, but it looks like they just printed it out with clip art of like nerd wearing glasses and Oliver doesn't wear glasses yeah it doesn't even look like Oliver and also like it was so funny because it happens and then you know Oliver looks so upset by it yeah he, and he I'm, like, I'm like upset. you know maybe you need to get some thicker skin if a, a clip art that doesn't look like you being held up makes you go oh, I'm really getting bullied yeah but the, the the animals fuck with the bullies. They lock the one in a bathroom stall in a public bathroom. Yeah. Because these animals' solution to everything is like, we should do ghost shit. Yeah, ghost shit and also violence sometimes. Yeah, they headbutt, they headbutt the dad a lot. Yeah. Um, the, or llama, the, the, the llama. The llama nester, head- who's also voiced by the guy that plays Manny and wrote the screenplay. Lay epic. Um, yeah, they lock him in a public bathroom and tell him to say that he, he uh, something embarrassing about he himself takes ballet class which is that he takes ballet class and snuggles so a teddy bear named mr momo mr momo mr momo and yeah it's really you know yes yeah, so and that's he has bully. to promise he'll never bully again yeah never because you see how bad you feel if your friend's laughing at you for taking ballet like some weirdo yeah <laughs> But so the animals do that, and then it's they get into the ghost of Christmas past, which is um, Nestor the llama in a bedsheet who walks into Dad's office, office room, just like just <laughs> walks in. right in there. Oh my god! And one of the more infuriating things about the movie is that like every time one of these things are happening, and like, one of the kid, ghosts, and the kids have to like kind of like you know for the scene Hauntings to work, happen. for the scene to work, be able to see what's going on, but be like far away enough and secret enough that the dad doesn't know that they're involved they're always like two feet away from like what's they're going in on the same shot like they're like in and the so doorway of loud. his office and so loud mm-hmm. like they're like the dad will be like what's going on and in the same shot you can see the kids in the doorway and they say at like full speaking volume like do you think he thinks it's real it's really bad <laughs> it's like it's like obnoxious but so the ghost of christmas past is is nestor the llama with a bedsheet on the dad makes no mention as to the fact that, that he's a llama he's a llama even if you think he's a ghost you're not like he's like he's his lines in that scene are like uh, the first thing he says is like uh, i don't take have, that off and go to bed take that off and go to bed i don't have time for this i, like, I guess assuming that it's like one of the kids yeah but like it doesn't sound like one of the kids and he never is like especially like you're one of my children stop doing that no yeah it, and he's he never you know what i mean there's never any like hey what's going on yeah there's also like even if you think it's a ghost you'd be like why are you coming to me in the form of a, a llama? llama like why are you a, why aren't you just a normal ghost why are you a llama and like i feel like they could have had a line like that because that could be a legitimate comedic beat which is like you know like the point of the movie is that, like oh it's these animals these barnyard animals trying to save their home and doing scrooge you know, you utilize the fact that they're an animal, not just in the fact that you have animals in the scene, but in the way that people are reacting to the animals, like saying, like, you're a duck, you're a llama. Yeah, and you can write, like, a joke after that. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I That's 
that's up for Manny to decide, not me. Yeah, this is above my pay grade. But um, so he shows him instead of like, you know, whisking him away to his real past. Uh, it's more the Scrooge stuff is a little bit more based in reality in that they um show him old home movies. They they set up a film projector and they yeah, show him old, an old home old movie, thirty five millimeter home movie of his of a pa- of a Christmas he had when he was yeah. like ten. But it was awesome when they were showing it because like the little voice like, wait, that's the wrong tape. They're supposed to show a video of me on Christmas. Is what the boy says. Yeah, and it's like, it's oh, like, that, wow. It, wait, is that my dad on Christmas when he was my age? Yeah, and so the it's in the like film it shows... little nasty, narcissistic <laughs> child. Why do you think him, your dad's seeing... Why do you think you're a, so special? Why do you think your dad seeing a video of you is going to make him like Christmas again? But so he... He, he only um, cares about himself. He's Scrooge, for God's sakes. <laughs> he, um, he's EB. He's EBS. Um, speaking about BS, uh, the... Um, uh, so EB He sees this video His mom got him a train For Christmas And he's like God I love that train mm-hmm. But his dad Who uh, we, we forgot one thing His dad um, Like takes the train From him Because You know Nothing special About Christmas And his, he says that And yeah. the table's like There's nothing special About Christmas And his dad He has a strained Relationship with his dad We see him visit his dad In like this like Nursing home setting Earlier in the film And they mm-hmm. have this Very like strained Relationship his dad makes some comment if he's like, I barely recognize my grandkids mm-hmm. because I haven't seen them in three years. And we come to find out that his mom, EB's mom, died on Christmas. Yeah. And that's, apparent, according to Oliver, kind of when he stopped, you know, liking Christmas himself, uh, which I feel like, you know, if your whole thing is like, why doesn't my dad like Christmas? And you have enough, like, clarity to be like, whoa, my dad stopped liking Christmas the year grandma died on Christmas. Mm-hmm. You kind of like can go like, oh, that's maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah. Um, so that's what the ghost of Christmas past does. The llama of Christmas past does. And what is the Christmas present? The Christmas is, present, is they knock one? him out. Uh, then the llama headbutts him and knocks him out and they drive him. The pigs get in the front seat of the car and they drive. Cute. The pigs were cute. Yeah. yeah. I think that was cute. And like, the, again, the, like the, the joke there was kind of punny. They were like, you want to know how we get to market? And they peel out. Yeah. And like, isn't there a line rule? Like, do you sure you feel comfortable with these babies driving you? Yeah. That the, the, the pony says that. Yeah. And the babies are the little piggies. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was cute. That was cute in like the best version of his film. It's like a babe film. Yeah. Um, and that was cute in that way. Like I could have seen like you know it cuts to black. You haven't seen Babe, but like I have it, not it, seen it cuts babe. to black and like the little duck rocks across the street and or and says a pun. Yeah. Or then walks off the screen. I feel like that's like I like barely remember Babe, but I think that's like what happens in it. Um. But so they take him to uh the old people's farm. I keep forgetting the name of the family, but they take him uh to the Woodsley farm and mm-hmm. he sees them through their window they are healing sick animals kind of like they did with Santa's reindeer but it's these two puppies. Uh, sick puppies and one of them looks like a puppy that EB had when he was a little boy yeah. and he says uh he's that uh, in reference to that puppy can't cannot will he ever get better can no one help him and you realize like oh this version's tiny tim is this dog it's a little puppy <laughs> Yeah, and it was pretty silly. Yeah, I also he's think he's like standing in their like 
right in front of a giant screen door. Yeah. And the animals have shined a spotlight on him. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, how, how did the Woodsleys not notice him? Yeah, yeah. Also, like, in, like, a more cinematic version of this movie or a more dynamic version of this movie or a movie that's trying to attention to a little more detail... Maybe, like, give the puppy, like, a little puppy cast or something. Or or pick, like, a... Like, it's a little Labrador retriever. Yeah. All-American puppy. Um, we love him. Maybe make it, like, a little little shaky chihuahua or something. I think that would have been cute. Well, funny. you like the chihuahuas. But I, but I think, like, you know... I'm not saying this because of my chihuahua bias. I'm saying this, like, I think, like, cinematically and for, like, the parents watching, like, that would be cute and kind of funny. Like, a little shaking chihuahua. That's It's tiny Tim. And, like, that also, it's, like, tiny. Yeah. Like, tiny Tim. Yeah. Rare and like freaking Airbud. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Airbud, you know. The um. Or, uh, what's Air Buddies? The buddies, I, do, yeah. Do, do, do all the buddies have different names? Yeah, I think so. I think so. They're only called Air Buddies because they're the children of Airbud. I think. Bob Buddy. <laughs> Mark, Bill Buddy. Mark Buddy. Chuck. Uh, but the the yeah. Mary so that's buddy. the ghost of Christmas present. Then after that, I think we have some some of the more fun and games with Manny, the dead guy. Manny is delighted at the fact that he is dead. Um, yeah, he has no. He's like, like, I love being a ghost. No, he's like, he's literally like, oh sweet, I'm a ghost. He's like, Peter, I'm dead. It's awesome. He loves being dead. Um, and I guess Griffin. like we were kind of talking about, it, and it's like I guess it makes sense why you would like being a ghost because the way he is able to exist, he's like, oh, I get to like do everything i did as a human except i like don't have to go to work yeah, no you know i have no consequence you know i can still eat you know go i am i and i guess he's in the honeymoon phase of being a ghost i guess the first like three to five days of being a ghost would be pretty freeing and cool but then you yeah. then you kind of hate uh the life yeah. you've been doomed to being invisible and i whatnot. wish they kind of like either built it out or i feel like they could have like made him if you if they want to raise the stakes in the movies, right? Yeah. You want to raise the stakes. Always a good thing in a movie. Midway through, or at a point, like he realizes because we get a Manny scene. Okay. Um, where he realizes that he isn't actually a ghost. You know, like yeah. maybe he's talked to a store a store clerk, like acknowledges him away, that makes him realize he's not a ghost. Yeah. And it's like and it's like funny, it's like a funny beat. The whole um, town has to play along, but then some something some part of the mask slips. Yeah, or even if the town isn't playing along, you know what I mean? Like we get a moment yeah. where he doesn't realize he realizes he's not a ghost and now it's like you we have to keep Manny away from the dead to keep the illusion of all of this working. Yeah. Or, like, keep Manny away from the mom so that the kids don't get in trouble. Yeah, because the mom is un- does not know about the kid in the barnyard, the kids in the barnyard animals yeah, plan. Yeah, no one knows about the barnyard animals except for the kids. Also, this is, like, again, maybe nitpick, but in, in utilizing these animals, which are utilized, but I think are still underutilized, I mm. think, like, okay, so, like, the animal that... um actually like walks around and goes to manny's house and like has that scene with him when yeah. manny thinks he's a ghost the dog i wish they picked like a weirder barnyard animal so ben is not like normal so ben like um well i think the big reason it's it's kind of like the reindeer in um too cool for christmas i think a big reason why the dog is the main animal is because it was the easiest to shoot with well the main it, animal was a llama uh, no, I think or the, the goat. I think the main animal was the dog because he's the one that the kids say goodbye to. He's kind of the mastermind. He's who leads the charge against Daryl the bully. 
Mm. Um, I thought it was. The, mm, okay. And he's who joins Oliver to go. I, convince I guess what Manny. I'm saying is, but I mean, almost every dog scene, there's also the other animal. I mean, like it's not like the animals, other animals aren't in the movie. No, sure. They have the all the animals are in the bathroom scene. Yes. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, like, if you make the animal like the duck, right, and you have the duck walk in, um, or the bunny, the little fuzzy tiny bunny. You know, that would read to Manny as weirder than, like, a random dog was in his house. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's weird in general because, like, the dog was talking. Yeah. And that would, like, mi- possibly push him more to be, like, oh, I'm Something gonna, magical's happening. Or I'm going to tell mom or dad that the kids are working with these barnyard animals. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just a dog and that doesn't read as barnyard animals. It and just this, reads as a dog. It's just a normal fucking... They're like, oh, maybe he's like, oh, that's the kid's dog. Yeah. You know, like... I don't know. Maybe it's nitpicky, but I felt like there were these opportunities to raise stakes by utilizing the barnyard animals and also by making Manny like realize, oh, I'm not a ghost. And then it's like the kids are fighting against two accesses, right? They're yeah. like trying to convince dad, but they're also trying to keep Manny away from the situation. And Manny's so bumbling and funny. It's Sometimes th- he can he can be easily distracted or, yeah. or fuck up on his own. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like a scary stake and it's not like whatever but it adds like a little bit of like oh shit like manny's in the room and dad's in the room what is going to happen hey not a bad not a bad not a bad tip from screen doc screen screenplay dr ava <laughs> but the uh, uh the plan for so dad the the plan for the animals that the animals have for being ghost of christmas future is their plan is and this is said by um the dog the plan is to after the Christmas play on Christmas Eve at midnight, their mm-hmm. plan is to hide behind EB's car and then jump out and scare him. Yeah, bad plan. Bad plan. Does not fit with the Dickens novel that they've been trying to follow to a T thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, so that plan gets a wrench thrown in it when dad shows up to rehearsal after the mom just had an altercation with last year's Christmas pageant director, uh, Glenn. Yeah, who, who is introduced at like the 50-minute mark. Yeah, and let's just say they had the actor who plays Glenn play it very flamboyant. It was awesome. I think that like giving this um, mom character who has no real personality yes. and like no stakes, like nothing's really going on with her, and randomly at like the 50 minute mark, giving her a raging gay antagonist who's sassy and like sneak dissing her and is like, oh, your play better be better than my play last year. You must, but it'll never be better. My favorite sneak diss he does towards her, which was, which felt realistic, was he said, like, oh my God, I can tell how hard you're working on this play. You look so tired. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> he has like a little skinny scarf and yeah. like he's shushing past her and it's awesome and it feels so out of place in the movie. And again, and it's, it's like, so sudden. Yeah, and I love that it's like the mom's character is so boring. There's nothing going on Very with her. Very bland. And then, and then all of a sudden she has this like sassy gay antagonist. What is going on? I watched it and I was like, what is going on? This is awesome. But so the dad shows up after uh, Glenn leaves and, and basically says... I can't make it to the Christmas pageant, mm-hmm. to the Christmas Carol play because I have to work that night. Yeah. Which again, in the next scene, we learn that the play is at midnight, yeah. and so it's very weird that he is working. Yeah, the place, and I, I wonder if it was like an error in when they were like just like a, a continuity yeah, a thing. Continuity yeah, issue, I, but, I thought the same thing. But the play is in the story. If it isn't a continuity issue, the play is at the stroke of midnight potentially. Yeah. 
which is so batshit insane. Unrealistic and also kind of just sets up things to be unrealistic. Like, why are you working at midnight? You're at home. Uh, You know, why... All sorts of things. It's like yeah, it's like it's like it's like wait, you're you're planning on working until like two a.m. Yeah, like not only are you working up until midnight, but you're working throughout the play. Throughout the play, so yeah. you're uh, you're going to be working till two a.m. on Christmas Eve. That's actually kind of crazy, um, and not in like a oh classic Scrooge putting work before family. More in like a. It's just like that. That feels unrealistic and odd. Yeah, it's like bizarre. And then also like, who would make a freaking kids Christmas pageant play at midnight? Yeah. Uh, like I get that there are midnight masses, but this is not a church event. You and know, it's it was, just like a community play or a school a play. Church event, you know, a midnight mass. I think like you know, that's not like a bunch of kids doing yeah, and everybody's aware, the Bible you know, stories. The yeah, kids are, the kids are tired at that time. You know, no, exactly. Kids go to bed at seven p.m. But so, um, what they do to get Dad asleep to get him to the play is they bring out this like rat character played by John Heater. Uh, who uh, had just has like a soothing voice that they yeah. put like on a baby but, monitor. But but he likes to bite. That's right. His big thing is he likes to bite. It's actually kind of funny. It's kind of funny. I liked his biting thing. I liked that he was like, I want to bite you. You know, I like that. That was like his thing. Like, that, that was his thing. So like weird. But so he... um. And it's cute. He, it's like, he oh, lulls yeah. the dad to sleep. They get him to sleep. They they get him to the play. Yeah. And they set him up backstage. And um. Oh, and can I just say he wants to bite people so bad that he's locked in a cage with a giant padlock and like chains. Yes. Yeah. That was a fun production design element. Was the, the design of his cage? Yeah. I, I thought that, that was really cute and silly. Um. But he um he lulls the dad to sleep. They drive him to the play. They wake the dad up backstage. In time for the kids to be like, we just want daddy to be nice. You know, we want him to <laughs> not close the farm. We want him to blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, everything falls apart when one of the animals accidentally opens the curtain. And the dad realizes that the animals are in on it. That they're up in front of an audience. And the kids have been setting this up the whole time. And he completely, like, does a 180. And he's like, yeah. no, I am closing the farm. I hate Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm so mad at all of you. And he storms out. And, and that really bumps and the kids out. And guess what? Everyone in the audience loves the play. That's true. The play and is the, a smashing and, and success. And so the gay guy is defeated. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, again, so random. But that is, like, how Yeah, and we spend, like, a good scene of him. We get a minute of, like, of of like, the gay guy being defeated. And, like, he has been defeated. Yeah. The, evil, the evil in this town has been defeated. And he, like, makes, he <laughs> makes like, some comment, like... That was definitely the second best uh, Christmas play that's ever been put on in this town. And the entire like audience is like, what are you talking about? That was incredible. That was the best one she ever. She needs to do it again next year. Yeah. Which was awesome. They ran his ass out of town. But so the, the dad Maybe goes home. Maybe shouldn't be so catty. The dad goes home to find the old Billy Goat, who's a British guy. Uh, there are two British animals. Uh, the other one is Ginny, mm-hmm. the bunny. But um, Well, he, you know, they're rescue animals, so... Yeah, maybe they, maybe they, 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 maybe from they rescued the from from Liverpool or London. But so they he comes home to find the old Billy Goat, and he's like, "You, you, you're, you and I were not too different." <laughs> I'm yeah, a grumpy old like, man. You're, like, you're a grumpy old, old man. Uh, you know, I I actually had this GoPro strapped to me the entire weekend. Uh, Do you want to see some videos? You want to see kids? some videos of your kids? You know, this might you know give you some clarity. So he plugs yeah. in. He sets up a projector and and uh, like a screen to project. Yeah. The GoPro video on. Yeah. Um, and he just gets, you know, videos of his kids, you know, having fun, dancing with the animals. And it changes his heart. You know, ne- he suddenly he wakes up 
you know, the next morning the video's done. It's it's the morning and he's like, I know what I have to do. He throws open the window, sees Daryl, the bully, he says he says the classic line. He says, You there, boy, what day is it? And Daryl's like kind of being it's like It's Christmas Eve, sir, but he isn't like that. He's like he's like, Uh, it's Christmas Eve. How do you or I mean it's Christmas Day? How don't you know that? Yeah. And he throws his wallet down. He's like, Get he the biggest Christmas his, goose. He throws down his wallet and all of his credit cards, yeah. which is awesome. I he's think it's like, actually hilarious. Like, Get the biggest Christmas goose and Daryl's like, No grocery store is open. Oh my god, in a better movie, that would have been such a good comedic beat, right? It would have throwing yeah. down your credit card. Yeah, I think it's honestly pretty well done in like, this one as like well. If like, imagine if Bill Murray did that. Well, we were t- kind of talking about this. It's like the ideal version of this movie does exist—a modern-day Christmas Carol with kind of a biz- uh, shrewd businessman, and it, and it's Scrooged, mm-hmm. um, and and it just works so well because Bill Murray is um, just a great deadpan comedic yeah, actor yeah, that you, you you love even though you hate him. Yeah, like he's he's Groundhog Day. He's, yeah, he's he's, he's an unlikable protagonist who yeah. can be mean, but you still like him. Um, but um, best. yeah, the movie basically ends with all the things getting tied up. Dad and mom reunite. Dad makes them cr- Christmas morning pancakes, which is apparently the only thing he knows how to make, according to Oliver. Yeah, um, which, which like made me made you very very annoyed and and for good reason. Yeah, it made me really dislike him. Well, because well, it, it pissed me off because the kids were like, like, we love it when daddy makes his pancakes. It's the only thing he ever makes and it's the best is pancakes. And I, if, I, if I was the mom, I'd be like, you're a fucking piece of shit, dad. Yeah. You love him because he makes some fucking shitty ass uh, Bisquick pancakes. With the mix. With the mix. And froze Just add water. Add water, maybe some chocolate chips. You love him because of that? I can do that. And the kids are like, no, daddy makes it better. I fucking, I again, this movie made me hate kids and I love children. Yeah. But so uh, everybody comes back. Uh, Manny no longer thinks he's dead. He makes a line that made me laugh. I don't think it was quite intentional in the way that it made me laugh. Was was he was like, um, I I don't mind that you made me think I was dead, but I really have to apologize to some people. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Manny did some very regrettable things. Yeah, it's like, apparently. what did Manny do off screen? Um, but he um, he's he's back. Uh, the he invite dad invite E B invites over the the Woodsleys, and he says. The farm is not getting foreclosed on. I'm actually re- registering it as a nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, like a charity. Yeah, uh, and and I'm gonna make a donate, big donation to it as your inaugural donor. Mm-hmm. And th- the last thing that happens is the entire movie. June, the little girl, the six year old, has been saying she wants a Christmas present for her dad, and that present is inviting his father, who he has an He's unbelievably strange strained father. relationship yeah. with, to Christmas dinner. And and we were joking <sighs> like. In real life, if that happened, that probably wouldn't go over too well. It would probably be like, um, you know, uh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to have like a serious talk. You'd have to pull your little kid aside and have like a real serious like, talk know, with them. You know, family's really complicated and, and sometimes there are really deep scars that people aren't always immediately ready to heal. Yeah, you know, I love you, <laughs> but... This this was, this was uh, this really blindsided me. Yeah, this really upset <laughs> me, honestly. It's okay, but I want you to know that you know <laughs> but yeah so that's um that's my dad is scrooge uh you know ava i think we both agree that it was probably better mm-hmm. than a very cool christmas slash too cool for christmas oh, but yeah. but not 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 exponentially better not exponentially but where's your snowball rating on this one so i think that this was mm, i am trapped between a three snowballs Whoa. and a two and a half. I okay, so we might have some different scores, but go on. Because 
I felt like this movie, like, plot-wise, it wasn't good, right? Sure, sure. Like, a lot of things just didn't make sense. Um, A lot of things, like, logically didn't really build. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also an issue with the humor of it and performance issues. Yeah. That being said, I was watching this, and I was trying to imagine if I was watching this as, like, a little kid, because I feel like this is a movie for children. It's fair enough, And yeah. at the end of the day, they got some cute animals. Like, this would... If, if, <laughs> to me, this would be a one-star film if they had some shitty... If they had, like, a big, fat, ugly pig and, like, some crappy chickens and, like... And then two dogs. They got some cute animals. And they got a lot of them. And a variety. Like, like they got, like, a llama. And, like, even the duck, it was, like, a fancy duck with, like, a weird little plume on his head. It was, yeah. It was a fancy duck. The bunny was a fancy bunny. It was a long-haired fancy bunny. It wasn't just, like, a lab bunny that they rescued from, like, a... Uh, a, a medical university, a yeah. university testing so like you no know, this was like a nice fluffy that's fair you know that's a good bunny that's a good point that's a good point and i appreciate that in terms of like if i was a kid that would probably be enough to satiate me as a child just like funny funny cute animals yeah funny cute animals um the animals weren't too obnoxious they weren't they, they, they had their moments they I, did I, I do find them to be underutilized um, but they were on screen. They're very know? frequently there. And, yeah. And they weren't like only in like one room. Because you know like when like you're underutilizing yeah, totally. an animal. And, you only like, have them for a day. Yeah. They have them for most of the for days. For the shoot, yeah. For, they have them for the days that they need them. Yeah. And you know when they're making the animals talk, the talking effects weren't too bad. They I, did, they I, did, I, I thought I thought most of the dog was when they would do just a still shot of mm-hmm. Clark. It was it was a little little more rough. Uh, I think it's better than like um, buddies films though. Like, have you seen? Yeah, I've seen the buddies movies. I or not better. I think like I'm trying to think of one of the ones because now they like digitally um make the animals talk usually. Yeah, and that's what they were doing in this one. You think so? Yeah. A lot of it was like the peanut butter. Well, there effect. was actually there was an interesting the, the, joke. The bunny, the bunny was doing peanut butter. Definitely, there was, a, there was an interesting joke that they did when they were an, when they were outside of the play talking to the the to the glenn character they were speculating that the animals weren't actually talking and one audience member says you know how they do that they make it look like they talk by giving them peanut butter mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's like a very self-referential yeah. very like winking joke the only one that was digitally done i think was the dog yeah that's 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 who i thought too yeah but the other ones like it was all just like um lip smacking like the bunnies especially yeah. um yeah i didn't think the animal talking effects were too bad um, but yeah, like there was plot things that were bad, bad stakes, didn't make sense, didn't really feel like even though yeah, like after talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, they did do the full story of mm-hmm. Scrooge, it didn't feel like it. Like no. it was so like like even like when we get our Christmas present or Christmas past, it felt so like vague, like you weren't like we weren't really yeah. doing it, you yeah. know. Um and then obviously the issue of like uh Scrooge's character I keep it's E B. E B just resetting yeah every and single also time. him just not being terribly compelling or, or good um yeah EB, eb was probably a very weak i would i would i would put him as a weak point of the movie yeah i think so too um i think it was a weak point um i don't think it was like 
entirely his fault? No, no. Um, I, I don't sometimes, either. Sometimes things are entirely someone's fault, right? Sure. I think that um, the material wasn't that good. No, no. And they and there wasn't enough like world building around him yeah. for like maybe him to go uh, off of. I think I think my favorite performance in the film, and this might be controversial, was Manny. Um, I thought I thought mm-hmm. Manny read mm-hmm. his own writing that mm-hmm. I think in the voice of of someone else might come off as clunky. Mm-hmm. I thought he gave that, you know, his full wackiness, his full mm-hmm. all, and and I commend him for that. My favorite performance was the gay guy. That's true. He was really funny. Because it was just so like... It was just over the top and insane. Yeah, especially for what this movie was. Yeah. Um, so what's the final... We've been going over. This has been a long episode. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap this up. What's that final snowball rating? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then I'll give mine. It's hard. It's hard for me. I think I'm going to have to go with... Two and a half. I'm gonna go with two snowballs. Two snowballs. Not I'm gonna even go a half. with two snowballs. Yeah. To me, it's so close to three. I'm gonna go with two snowballs. I didn't find the movie really uh, delivered on the fronts that I kind of wanted it to. I I think it. There, I agree with you that the animals were cute and the animals were very well utilized, mm-hmm. and, and some of the jokes from the animals were good. They weren't as as like um. They weren't grading. Grading as I thought they would be. Yeah. Some were, some points were definitely grading, but like it could have been a lot worse. But it was and just they got not, a lot of animals. Again, similar to a uh, very cool Christmas. Mm-hmm. I just wished it was more fun to watch. Because mm. I think for most of these movies, that's all I want. Because uh, you want to uh, laugh, you want to cry. You I want to laugh. I want to cry. Shriek. I want to scream. I want to shriek. And I just want to have a fun time with a Christmas movie. And this is my favorite holiday. It was not quite where I wanted it to be, but I think it definitely was superior to a very cool Christmas slash oh, too cool for Christmas. Definitely. Um, too cool for Christmas is blue. But so that's, I think, where we leave it for My Dad is Scrooge. We watched this. Uh, it's available to stream on um, Hulu. Yeah. Um, so that is our first episode. We covered a very cool Christmas slash too cool for Christmas and My Dad is Scrooge and... Mm-hmm. You know, Ava, what do you think? You want to do this uh, Do this again next week? You know, if we're, yeah, sure. So this is, that'll do it for our first episode. It's good to be back. I'm, I'm happy to be back. You know, for us, making content is our Christmas gift to the world. It is. We have done something. We have released some sort of Christmas content every Christmas. As a couple. As a couple. More or less, yeah. Since we start, since we moved in together, yeah. Hey, you know, that's just us. All right. Well, join us here. Uh, watch this space. Watch same this bat space. time, same bat place. Yeah. Hold some space for us in your lives. Uh, um, we'll, we'll be back with two more. Reviews, low, recommendations, highs, Low lows. budget, high concept uh, Christmas B movies. Uh, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. But until then, uh, ho, 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 and happy holidays. Bye.